Sub JJ Nation, it's another tour of talk. Um, as those of you who've been following knows, uh, we're, we're one all in, in quiz scores. Uh, 21 out of 27 is a score that both of us got. This week, see us do a tiebreaker, five questions each. Fun as fuck, loads of knowledge bombs, good bit of crack about golf. Absolutely loved it. Discussed yesterday's Rory, uh, Matthew Wolf, Ricky Fowl, DJ match. Next week's sort of uh, next week's Tiger game. Um, yeah, as well as a whole host of other shit. Um, I hope you enjoy. Bye-bye. It's sponsorship time, ladies and gents. We're brought to you once again by Four Links. What exactly is Four Links? I realized my previous ad was a little convoluted, as passionate as it might have been. Um, what is Four Links? Four Links is a multi-course golf membership that uses a precisely engineered point system Flexible enough for any lifestyle, members gain access to a growing list of golf courses, exclusive video content, and unique unique experiences with just one monthly fee, giving you the option and variety to play wherever you want in the Four Links roster that covers Nevada, California, and Arizona. Um, does Four Links require a long-term commitment, you ask? Are, they, are these guys just keeping you in for like three years and, you know, and stealing of your money? No. Each billing cycle, month to month, renews every 30 days. You can cancel or pause your account at any time. They're good guys. They're nice people. Um, and how do Falling's points work exactly? Well, you use them to pay for your tee times. Depending on what plan you select, um, i.e. depending on how much money you pay per month, determines how many points you get. You get a certain amount of points each month. Each plan is a different cost per point. No money is ever exchanged at the golf course, and green and card fees are always included. Perfectly social distancing, weird time, motherfuckers. Um, and I also need to alert you and push in the direction um, of Falling's new fantasy platform, the new way to enjoy the PJ Tour, um, where you play head-to-head matches, you pay challenge matches, there's all sorts of matches. You pick your winners. Falling's give you a great breakdown of uh, of each player and their chances for each week in the course of the tournament. And myself uh, and Sam Kesson, the COO of Falling's, uh, discuss it in very much, uh, very much detail um, on Tour Talk on a weekly basis to give you guys the best chance to earn points to play by playing fantasy golf. Guys, go check them out. Amazing company, Fallings.com. Back to the motherfucking podcast. So first off, we bet the we bet the front nine. And then, like, four or five holes into the front nine, my buddy and I are like, what constitutes a win of the front nine? Because through six holes, Rory and DJ had won five of six skins, but the skins are progressive. So, like, holes one through six were worth 50 grand, seven through 16 were worth 100 grand. So, we were like, well, is it skins, like, raw number of skins? Because if so, we just won the front. Is it total money? Because... If not, then, you know, if so, then, then we're not done yet. So anyway, we, the Ricky Fowler and Rory birdied nine to win three skins, but take the $100,000 money lead. And so at first, the betting website we used paid us out on winning the front because we won more skins. And then three hours later, they, they took that back. You're joking. And I swear to God, they took that back. And then they uh, and called it a loss because they were down in the money. They were up five four in the skins, but they were down a hundred thousand dollars on the money side. The fuckers. Yeah, I mean, you don't really know. Like, you know, it's it's possible that you don't really know which one was more profitable for them. But they certainly didn't make clear to you which one constituted a win. No, well, they, sh- they shouldn't have paid out and then reclaimed it. That's yeah. just like, what? It's like you're a machine, aren't you? You, you? you don't get to decide things. Like, it's black and white. Like, you don't make mistakes, yeah, Mr. Computer. I, like- <laughs> I had kind of a feeling that that was going to happen when they paid us out in the first instance. Because how can, like, the overall winner, like, you know, you can win by 700 grand, but if you don't have the most skins, you lose. Like, that's not how, how mm. the, the main bet should work. So why would the nine-hole bet work that way? And then, so then, anyway, then we pressed uh, on the back, and we bet, like, when Rory and DJ went down, we, like, they have, like, live betting where the odds change throughout the course of the match. And so when Rory and DJ's odds came down when they were, like, falling behind, like, late, uh, we bet Rory and DJ... And so, like, as the skins are accumulating, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, whoever wins the next hole is going to win. 
and then it went to that screwball extra holes thing. And worse, and first off, I didn't even know it was just closest to the pin. I thought it was like a playoff hole. Yeah. So like when they hit, I'm like, okay, like, uh, you know, like so-and-so is not going to make that, you know, Wolf's not going to make that putt, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, it's the closest to the pin. And you realize like, oh, it's one swing away from, you know, this thing is over. And then Rory hits and I'm like looking at the telecast. I'm like, God, I, I, I think the other one's closer. You know, and you're just waiting to hear back. And so it was like a $400 swing for us on who won the closest to the pin. Yeah, like, it, it's, do you end up up or down? On the we deck? ended up up just a little bit. We lost that front nine bet. We lost some individual, like, who was going to win hole A, you know, et cetera, those kind of bets. And then we, but we did win the overall. Ricky, Ricky Fowler so, like, played, the, played the some good shit. Us out. Yeah, and Dustin Johnson looked like he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> when does he ever like he he never looks like he gives a fuck but even by his own standards like he looked i don't understand why they made him carry the bags i i, I yeah I, I didn't understand that either but i kind it was quite it was quite good to see i thought like seeing the like some of the world's best players like carrying a golf bag like anyone would do normally obviously they're not allowed a caddy and i think if you're in a if you're in a cart it looks stupid maybe, maybe they should have had like a push cart or something a trolley yeah, I don't know. I mean, my, part of my my thought process is like, you know, there's there's 40 people out there. Like, they really can't, like, they couldn't have tested their a caddy two weeks ago, you know, and, and or somebody. Like, there are a lot of private clubs that have caddies that aren't worried about it. Like, you know, Dustin Johnson's caddy's his fucking brother, isn't it? DJ's caddy is. I think so. Is he? Let me th- well, I, I couldn't I might, tell you to answer that one. I'm pretty sure it's his brother. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up. I, is it? That's, anyway, that, we that, shouldn't, we shouldn't waste should. all our talk about. Uh, we should save some of it for the podcast. Well, you, you say that, but I've learned since last time. So as soon as you jumped into the betting, I was like, I can't be. I don't really want to interrupt him, so I'm just gonna press record. So luckily for that, we've uh, we've spent the last four and a half minutes actually recording. So. Oh, oh, it's not lost. News, news <laughs> to me. <laughs> what was um? How was like? What was your general sort of overview of like the general thoughts on the on the whole day on the whole thing? I mean, it was great to get live sports going. It was fun to have a sports bet brewing to to be watching an event where I cared about the outcome to be rooting for something. Ah, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was just a, a you know, it, we gone so long without live sports that to get it back was nice but uh i really thought seminole was the star of the show frankly yeah i loved i mean i loved everything about that golf course the location's so cool it's got such like an old school vibe it's not like it's not a particularly uh overproduced golf course like it's extremely subtle but uh but strategic you know, it's wide fairway corridors but it's all about the angles that you have into the greens to get at certain hole locations etc wind a definite factor uh most of the greens seem kind of elevated pushed up a little bit with fall offs around the sides and it took good shots to make birdies i dustin johnson i i don't know how many birdies he made but it felt like zero yeah, like yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he didn't he didn't play that great, did he? Like, I I sort of agree with you as well. Like, it was more the it was more the spectacle, like seeing some live golf. Like, honestly, Seminole looks absolutely beautiful. Like, it it, it it's really cool to see that golf course because it because it's because it's so private. Obviously, the the general public never has the chance to sort of see what it looks like, and it's just cool to see like a a Floridian Lynx golf course that people like myself have never really seen before. Like it showed a completely different side to like American golf in a way, especially for especially as like a European viewer. Like I, when I think of American golf course, I don't think Florida links, even though there's tons of them. There's tons of beautiful courses as well. Like so that, that was definitely a winner for me. Um, it was just nice to know that golf's on its way back. I think I think I think the most American thing I saw was the uh, was the armed security guard walking around, and I was like, why is there a guy with a gun? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah thing. seriously. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I also enjoyed, I mean, you, you knew that this wasn't the case, but it nevertheless looked funny. I also enjoyed that there were however many people following the thing in carts. And so sometimes those carts would be like 100 yards back in the fairway, and it made it look like 
there was like a twosome waiting to play through these guys a lot of the time. When you look back, there'd be like two guys sitting in a car at 100 yards back, you know, with like kind of bored looks on their faces. I do think that the other thing I'll say is uh, the telecast left a little to be desired as far as the production, TV production goes. But I think that's to be expected given the circumstances that they certainly couldn't put on a telecast the way that they ordinarily would. That, that is true, right? But, like, were you not, like, I, I, I don't know if you, if you were or not, but, like, I was so, like, surprised when they were just like, oh, Donald Trump is now in the building. I'm like, what? Like, why is the president of the United States, like, I know he likes golf, but why is the president, like, I don't want to jump too the, much into politics. By, no, no, no. I'm not making it political. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it political. Want, no, I was going to say, that, and I'm not either, but I'll say this. Uh, if you want a sentence I never thought I would hear the president of the United States say out loud, Donald Trump at one point went, hey, I'm getting pretty sick and tired of watching 10-year-old golf telecasts. It's nice to see some live golf again. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how much time does this guy have that he's watching so many 10-year-old golf telecasts that he's sick of it? Like, doesn't he, doesn't he have other things to do? You know, how's he watching that many of those? Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was funny, man. Like it was just, I just didn't expect him to have the time and his obviously very busy schedule to take an interview from the, for, for, from the golf channel. It just felt, it just, it just, I don't know, it was just weird. I just didn't expect it. At first I thought it was like a, maybe like a little joke. Maybe there's like some impersonator on. You couldn't see his face or anything. Um, and obviously there's a lot of Donald Trump impersonations going around and stuff. So like, I thought that could have been the play, but then obviously as it got further, further, I was like, no, this is, this is, this is, this is real. <laughs> like what the, f- I just, I just found it, I just found it strange. Like going from Bill Murray to, to Donald Trump, like that Bill Murray interview had a tough, rocky start. I mean, I think the first thing I remember <laughs> my buddy and I were texting during it. And the, the first question Mike Trigo asked was how is he coping with, uh, isolation at home? And Bill Murray's like, oh, well, I'm eating a lot of pistachio nuts. It's important to drink a lot of water when you eat pistachio nuts. And I text my buddy, this is the most banal interview I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, you know, (laughs) we're getting Bill Murray's diet and whether or not he thinks you should drink water when you eat pistachio nuts. But it did get a little bit better. I think he coaxed, I think he talked Mike Tirico into making a $15,000 bet, which Mike Tirico makes pretty good money, but that's still a healthy chunk of change for Tirico. Uh, he, he asked him, who was he pulling for the CDC or the nurses? And they ended up <laughs> making a bet. I think the nurses who, I forget who was playing for who I think Dustin Johnson and, and Rory were playing for the nurses. No, I can't remember. I can't remember either. I think Tariko, I, all I know is that I'm looking for, if Tariko has to cut a $15,000 check for getting talked in on live TV, to making a bet with Bill Murray, I would enjoy that immensely. I kind of, I, I, I kind of somehow think the Golf Channel have given him a fifteen k bet. Yeah, they'll kick. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can pretend it's a personal bet for, uh, for, for, for the viewership or whatever. Well, um, fingers crossed that maybe they make Tariko at least beg him to do it. <laughs> you know, even if they end up paying for paying the cost of the bet, I just want to see them force Tariko into saying, hey. Uh, so that bet I made, uh, you guys are going to pick that up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, to, to be fair, I thought the whole thing yesterday, I was, I was expecting a little more, like, like uh, player, player v. player sort of, like, competition. Like, it was all very jovial. You could tell Matt Wolf was just, like, really, like, an excitable little kid. Like, he was making all, like, the dorky comments and stuff because, like, he was obviously... He was 120th in the world. I don't really know why he was in that four ball. Um, like, is, is John obviously... Rahm made pretty clear to to everybody on that telecast why Matthew Wolf was in that four ball. I thought that was hilarious. They had Rahm on for like a three or five minute interview, and it seemed like Rahm's entire point of coming on the interview is to make sure everybody knew that he got invited and he passed. And that was why Matthew Wolf was on it. And he didn't want anyone to think that Matthew <laughs> Wolf got the nod over him. So he spent like five minutes in that interview explaining how he really thought about doing it and decided it wasn't safe and blah, blah, blah. Isn't, is, 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 I think John Rahm's world number two, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. If like not two, yeah. probably three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, 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 that's, that, that's fair play. He's, he's got uh, yeah. If to be fair, if I was him, I'd be the, I'd be the same. I'd be, I'd be saying the same thing. It's just like 
Matthew Wolf is a very marketable guy, isn't he? He's got like the most, I guess, fashionable golf swing coach going at the minute in George Gankis. He's obviously got a very noticeable, marketable swing. Uh, that's obviously why Taylor made have put him out there because <laughs> he sells Notice, a lot of equi- noticeable. He sells a lot of equipment. One word for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I don't mind if they're driving. I just find it weird when he does the whole thing when he's chipping. The wedges. Yeah, I mean with the wedges when he had like 60, 70 yard wedge shots. I'm thinking to myself, how on earth can you possibly be consistent with your wedges with that much going on? Yeah. I, who knows, but it, it works, man. Like, like, it looks like Zorro. Like, he's, like, taking the club outside, and, it, it, you know, it looks like he's, like, swinging a sword or something. But then he gets in such good position to impact, doesn't he? Like, he shallows the club out beautifully, and he hits the ball an absolute mile. I think he, I think, I think yeah. one of his drives is, what, I think he had a three five six drive, uh, yard drive. I know it was downwind it, and whatnot, but DJ and Rory it, up to uh, the I think, it, I think it was, like, 358 and 360 something. Yeah, and Rory and DJ are probably like the biggest hitters on tour. Like, yeah, like, and yeah, Matthew like, Wolf's not a big guy. Like, you look at him, you don't see like you don't see him as a big guy. It's angles, man. Like, I think I think honestly the like I, I know clubhead speed plays a part with the driver, but like all the big hitters aren't necessarily the big guys. Like Justin Thomas hits the ball a mile. Rory's not big. It's explosive power in in in, in coming like coming into it with like the I guess the 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 best angles like. It seems like the tallest guys or the biggest guys sort of have a much steeper angle of attack and obviously naturally put more off spin on the ball and it doesn't go as far. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, that makes sense to me. I also think the other interesting thing about Matthew Wolf is like his pre-shot routine, that weird like Elvis thing he does with the pelvis before he, yeah, before the left he hip hits. Thing. Like he yeah. does the little hip swing. Yeah, that's an interesting little move. There's a lot of there's a lot about his his entire game that is unique. That's for sure. I, I my thing with a swing like that is I debate how repeatable under pressure such a golf swing is. And I mean the guy's won the NCAA's and and he's got a win on the PGA Tour at age whatever and and evidently it it does hold up when it matters. But as far as like getting to that that level where you're like multiple major championships, you're in contention all the time. You know that that upper echelon of the game. I don't know. It seems like it just seems like a lot of motion going on in the swing. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Like, I think he's a very impressive player. Like, I um, I, I actually watched his win where he he hold he hold um a putt from off the green, didn't he? Was it a chip or a putt just off the green? And I think I think Bryson was leading that event. Um, it was a very impressive. It was a very impressive win. Like holding holding from where he did. Um, it's quite clearly got nerves of steel and. Quite clearly, an excellent competitor and one to watch. But you're right, like you know, going down the stretch at a, at a major, you know, against Kepka, Tiger, Rory, JT, Spieth, all in the mix. Uh, oh, I don't know. Just seems like a lot going on in that golf swing, in the golf swing, in the pre-shot routine. Just a lot of a lot of motion. He also, by the way, did he help on one hole? I'm not no, sure I can he, think he, of one. He, he, he got carried big. I, I think, did, did Ricky Fowler shoot, like, what, six or seven? It must have had six or seven birdies. He, he had shot, seven shot 65. birdies. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what. 66. I, I can't remember the bogeys he made. But, uh, I mean, his game looked pretty solid. And really, more than anything else, out of the four guys, he's the one that can putt. Really put. Even really Rory put. and DJ, as somebody who had a lot of action on Rory and DJ, it is maddening how many putts they miss. I mean, like, DJ, my buddy and I were talking, and we were thinking, like, this will be an interesting test case with DJ because both his theory and mine is that DJ is a horrible reader of greens. And that, part, that partly contributes to why he's such a poor putter. And so we were thinking to ourselves that now that he has no caddy, we will get a better sense of whether maybe his caddy is a bad reader of greens and we don't know it. And so maybe we'll see DJ make everything now that he's reading them on his own and not getting the caddy and it turned out to be the exact opposite where DJ looked hopeless with the putter every time, even when he had like, I forget what hole it was. I think it was 17. You know, there were like five skins on the line. Whoever wins this hole. Yeah. Whoever wins this hole is going to win. And DJ and Rory both hit it like 15, 18 feet. This might have been 16, maybe. Hit it like 15, 18 feet. 
And they only had like one ball in play and that was still a ways away and they were going to make par. So they were going to have like two putts from 15 feet to essentially win the match. And it's Rory and DJ who, for what it's worth, are two of the best players in the world. And I'm thinking, no fucking way. These guys never make putts when you want them to make them. They never do, these two. <laughs> and, that sh- and, and that showed. It took a, a screwball closest to the pin contest and that's how they had to win. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I, what I, like I mentioned before, I think what I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of is uh, is the sort of the the competitive nature that I think the Tiger film match next week will bring more of more of the shit talk. I want to see Peyton Manning giving Brady some stick. Like, I just, I just, I, I want to, I want to hear the, I want to hear the crack that they're having like June, and I want to hear what Tiger's got to say to Peyton about like. Oh, you need to leave me 135 in. So what you need to do is hit this, this, and this. Like I want to hear his insights, advising a non a non golfer. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll be better. Like it was great to get live golf back. I love the the whole viewing of it. Uh, Seminoles beautiful. Good seeing the, the you know golfers back out there again. But it's, in terms of the match, I didn't I didn't get what I wanted from it. In terms of like, I guess it was probably a coverage thing. But but really, I, I didn't get like the competitive edge that I wanted. I mean, Rory came out with a few good. Good comments um, about how much you do and be willing. Rory to seemed like he was trying a little yeah. too hard, and then and then Matthew Wolf got to a point where it was like, "Hey, pal, you haven't factored into this match yet, so whatever shit talking you're gonna do, I'd can it." Yeah, I, I feel like Rory wasn't trying too hard. I just feel like nobody. And gave Ricky him doesn't back. seem like a guy that gives any shit. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky's like too, too late. Nice back. Guy. Yeah, he just he just right. enjoyed join the day out. Like he looked the, he looked the coolest as he always does. I, he's got. I love the way he hits the golf ball. I, I, I like. I really like watching Ricky Fowler play golf. To be fair, um, I also good, think yeah. an interesting insight because you could get pretty decent player audio is when you listen to them talk about putting. You ended up like if you were to just play the audio anytime any of the four players talked about putting, you took the picture off the screen and you asked which of these four voices is the best putter. You would have picked Ricky Fowler because listening to him read greens like out loud talk to Matthew Wolf about it. He seemed like a very good reader of greens. So you, you could hear his thought process. It's a little of this at the beginning, and then it's that way at the end, but then it comes back this way because the grain and blah, blah, blah. And DJ just, they, they'd be asking, Roy, what do you think? And DJ would go, I think it's real straight, which, hmm. by the way, a thing can't be. It's either straight or it's not straight. It can't be super straight, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as well, like, Whenever Rory and DJ missed putts, it was like, it, they, they were coming up with like weird excuses, being like, "Oh, it broke left on me," or like, "Like it broke left on me when it would." I knew it was breaking left, but it wasn't breaking that much left. And like, it's just like, well, you obviously haven't got the speed right. Like, I don't know. Like, there's always an excuse for the missed putt. It, yeah. it was. It was never. It was never. Oh, I've rolled a bad putt there. It was just like, oh, no, it's always the green spot or something. You know? Yeah, DJ in particular. It's just, it's, I don't know what the problem is with the putter there, but it, something is amiss because when he stands over one, if he's got to have it, you just do not at all think he has a chance to make it. No, you, you're right, man. Like, you, you, I, I just can't, can't remember him last night going on a, on a putting run. He just goes on proximity to the hole runs where he, where he seems to stuff everything within six to ten feet and you're bound to make your fair share of those. <laughs> And then it's like, oh, if he puts average, you're blown away. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Um, but no, it, it definitely, it definitely put me in the mood. It's good to watch some live golf again. Uh, I think next week will be a little bit better. And then, uh, then what? Are we are we two weeks away from the start of the season? Uh, after Restart? next week, I think it'll be three, maybe. Well, after next week, or is it the third week in June? I think it's the. I think I think it's the eleventh. So gotcha. it might be. It might be three weeks from Thursday. Okay, gotcha. Look, looking forward to it, man. Um, but let's, uh, Sam, let's uh, let, let's move on to the to the more sort of pressing topic of, of this particular podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, and for, for everyone who's just just tuned in or just listened to this one for the first time, uh, over the last two episodes, me and Sam have done a quiz for each other. We did twenty-seven questions each, and we both actually ended up on twenty-one. Uh, where they're going down the last question last week. Um, for me to sort of tie it up. Um, so we're going to do a little sudden death. What Now, I was going to do 10 questions each. I'm going to shorten that to five each because we like talking about the answers. We like fucking around. We like, uh, we, we like discussing around the answers, throwing in some other facts, building some suspense, etc. So we're going to do five each. So Sam, if you just want to sort Ooh. of like, 
look at you. I guess Same. you can decide on on the go, but um, yeah, I guess yeah, in the no, interest of time, um, I, th I think I think five is going to be good. Um, because I thought your your uh, your twenty one was more impressive than mine. Um, you can you you can have the the pick. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, I will go first, and I think we should alternate. So like, oh uh, shit, okay. Like true playoff format. I, I I give you one, you give me one. One of us goes one up, etc. All right, bud. Uh, so lead the way. I'll take the first question. Okay. Okay. So, quite obscure. Who is older, oh, Bo Van Pelt or Tiger Woods? Who is older? Who is older? Of all the people to pick, Bo Van Pelt. They actually, well, I, I think the reason why I picked Bo Van Pelt is because those two were, I think it was the AT&T in 2012, 2013. Those two were both in the hunt. And it drew back on that had some, they had some, uh, they had some good college games. Uh, the rivals at college, college level. Um, so yeah, instinctively, just in terms of the way I picture the two people, it seems like Bo Van Pelt is older, but it also feels like that's what you want me to think. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Tiger Woods. It feels like a trick question. Uh, wrong. Bo Van Pelt is older by, uh, by by five months. By yeah, five four, months. Tiger's oh. 44. BVP is 45. Yeah. BVP. BVP. Uh, BDC. BVP. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I missed. Let's see if you can get mine. I'm gonna go with a hard question that I would have gotten now that I missed. Uh, <laughs> The TaylorMade Driving for Relief match was played using a Skins game format. Yes. The original Skins game began in 1983 and ran for 25 years through 2008. Which player has the most victories in the history of the original Skins game? Oh, wow. That's a, that's, that's a good one. Um, oh, ooh, ooh. I don't like this question. I don't think I'm going to get the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I can't. I can't think of any historic events Tigers played in. He'll have only had like what between ten and twelve years active on it. If you know, max. I'm gonna yeah, go... and I think he only played it like three times. Yeah, I'm going to go. So it's got to be. It's got to be more like uh, like sort of the Jim Furyk age range, somewhere between like forty eight and sixty. So we're talking French couples, Phil Mickelson, Steve Stricker. Um, Oh, let's have a. You didn't say anything there, and I think you would have reacted if, if I had, if 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 I had, if I hadn't have said one of the players. I, th I think actually one of the players is in the answers that I just give. Uh, I'm going to go with him just because I I love his swings. One of my all-time favorite swings. He's a legend. Uh, Freddie Couples. Motherfucker! I gave it away. Freddie Couples is the right answer. It's actually. It's actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they used to call him Mister Skin. Man, I, I, I was like literally got nickname. no. I can't even tell you how much of a guess that was. He won five times of the twenty-five times they did it, and he was like runner-up another three times. And they, he used to get like a lot of stick, where it'd be like, you know, it'd be Thanksgiving, and it'd be like, oh, this is Freddie's major season, you know, because he'd play in all those like silly season events and clean up. <laughs> so Fred Couples is the answer, and you go one up through one. Beautiful. Okay. Quite question number two. Um, quite. Quite straightforward, I think. So, who won the 2012 Players Championship? Was it A. Matt Kucher, B. Martin Keimer, C. Ricky Fowler, or D. Rory McIlroy? Kucher, Keimer, Fowler, or McIlroy? The Players Championship 2012. Yeah, I don't think it's Keimer because I'm pretty sure he won it the same year he won the U.S. Open. I think. Ah. Uh... I don't think it's Rory because I think Rory's came later. Question who is, are the other two? Ricky, Ricky Fowler, and who was the other one? And Cooch. Fowler, Fowler uh, did the. I, th I think did Fowler birdie the last five holes to to win his five out of the six. Yeah, last, but yeah. I don't. Yeah, he did. But I that that to me seems more recently, 2012. That seems like it was not that long ago. Ah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kucher's. I don't know. I always rag on Kucher for never winning anything that matters. And I don't know if I would say that as much if he won a player's championship. 
Uh, He's got a bit of a Jimmy Walker about him, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Kucher, Fowler, McElroy, Keimer. Yeah, they are four, they are four options. The, the way I think about it is, I always remember who put the who put the um, who was in the who was in the presentation when Tiger won it the year after. That's how I always know. Uh, in all the images, when he hands over the trophy. God, I'm trying to picture that in my head. Ah, oh, this is a tough, tough go. Who won it that year? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Kucher. Kucher's correct. Matt I Kucher just Ricky. Ricky seemed too too recent. Roy's yeah. definitely seemed too recent. And Keimer, I, I I was pretty sure it was the year he won the U.S. Open. I think McIlroy was last year. I think Keimer right. was 2014. I think Fowler's 2015. Right. Um, yeah. I just wasn't you sure that rank. You got that. Sure you, you got there in the but, end. It was good. All right. I need you to blow this one. Uh, He's going to pick the hardest one on his sheet. That one's too easy. Yeah, I'm skipping that one. It's, I like how I have 10 and I can pick five. Ooh, this one's good. The tailor-made driving for relief match was decided in a closest to the pin playoff from 120 yards. Which of the four contestants from that match has averaged the closest to the hole from this distance on the PGA Tour so far this year? Right. So for me, Ricky Fowler is the best wedge player by, mm-hmm. by, by, by quite some way. Rory struggles with his wedges. DJ's got better. Well, he got better in like the 16 to like 19. He hasn't really shown much form recently. Wolf, I don't know enough about his game. If I look at the season overall, I think, I think Ricky... And Rory have both got like four, four or five top tens. I'm taking DJ out just because he hasn't really had much form that I can personally remember. So it's Ricky or Rory. I like Rory's Rory's success. Like recently, has not been down to his putting, so I can only think that his proximity's been good. Having said that, I, I don't like him 120 in compared to Ricky. Um, so it's Ricky or Rory in my head. It could be it could be a surprise on Wolf, but like using the art of deduction. Um, I uh, I'm gonna go Ricky Fowler, pal. That's my answer. Nope, Rory McIlroy. Ah, oh, he must, he, squares he, oh, the match. He must have really improved on his his wedge game. So quite a Rory McIlroy tied. Well, actually, what's interesting is I think it's got more to do with it. Ricky Fowler's bad. Uh, Roy McIlroy, and, and again, Granny, this year really was only like the West Coast swing and a couple events in Florida. So. And the fall series, I suppose. So some of it could be small sample size. But Rory's tied 46 at 18 feet, 0 inches on average. And Ricky Fowler is 211th at 25 feet, 10 inches. Wow. Dustin Johnson's bad, too. Tied 224th at 28 feet, 2 inches. So, which, which, which goes to say, sort of, uh, DJ's distance is keeping him in it at the minute. <laughs> as, as usual. Yeah. All right. Back to square. We are, but we're, we're back to square with what with three to play. Um, okay, okay. I'm going to go for going to go for a, which one we're going to go for. Timing's everything here. Okay. Um, in which year did uh, Seve Ballesteros die? Was it A, oh, 2010? Fuck. Was it B, 2011? C, 2012? Or D, 2013? Which year? Did we lose Sevi Ballesteros? Okay. You the la- so you said 2010. You said 2010, 2011, 2012. Mm. Okay. I remember Olaf crying about Sevi a lot at the. Medina Ryder Cup. So I can rule out 13, and I'm pretty sure I could rule out 12. Ooh, I don't know, though. It might have been that year. I don't think it's... I mean, 12 is the first Ryder Cup. Is like they put Seve on the on the hats and the bags. And yeah, you, you had, like, obviously, obviously, Jose Olafable, like, Serge, like, there's a big sort of, like, um, there's, a big, there's a big focus on Seve that, at that event. Right, and so I got to think that if he had died in 2000, because the other answer I was going to give maybe was 2010, because I, I had read something recently about, maybe, about the anniversary of his death, and I couldn't, 
and I could have sworn that they were saying it was the 10-year anniversary, but I don't think if that came this early in the year, it would have been before the 2010 Ryder Cup, which mm. means that that Ryder Cup would have been the one that was all about Seve. And I don't, so I think you can rule out 2010. Ah, it could be 11, and 12 was just the next Ryder Cup since then, but I'm going to go with 12. 2012 is incorrect. Uh, he died in 2011. God damn it! Ugh. I I, th- I thought with 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 that reasoning there, Sam. I thought like, oh, smart. He's he's onto it. He's got it. Um, but yeah, like he, he got it down the right. But there was just stuff. nothing yeah. that you know, like 2011. There's no. It was only the President's Cup, so you wouldn't have gotten. I kind of assumed it had to be the year that of. year, you know, because it just seemed so raw at the time anyway. But all right. Oh, here we go. Well, oh, you, so you, you, you've, you've got some hard questions in, in your locker. Come on. And we're still, we're Let's still technically see. even. I need a miss from you here, though. Ah. Hmm. Which one should I go with? All right. You missed this one last time, so I'll go with another question like this. Ricky Fowler led the tailor-made driving for relief match with seven birdies. Of the four contestants who participated, which has averaged the fewest birdies per round on the PGA Tour so far this year? Fewest birdies. Fewest birdies this this year. Okay. Yep. Okay, so I don't know what Ricky's putting stuff to like this year, but the thing is with Ricky, he he missed quite a few cuts. Towards the the back end of like of this of, of like the the old season, um, he, he sort of lost a bit of form, lost his way, changed coaches. So it's hard when it's like a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ hasn't had any form as well. I can instantly rule out Roy McIlroy. Roy McIlroy have made plenty of birdies. That's not not to worry about. Um, it's Wolf. Now Wolf hasn't done much either. I can't I can't think of any like noticeable top tens from him. It's DJ or or Ricky with the least bird. Oh, sorry, least birdies. Yeah, fewest birdies. Yes, fewest birdies. Oh, well, with DJ's proximity to the hole being terrible, and his putting not being much better, comparing that to Ricky's stats, who's a better putter and gets the ball close to the hole, I can instantly say that DJ's probably made fewer birdies than Ricky. So my head goes straight to Wolf first DJ for the fewest birdies. For the fewest birdies. Um, ah, ah, it's Wolf for DJ. Um, it's a fifty-fifty. I, I can't think of anything else I can distinguish them. They're both long off the tee. I'm not sure on driving accuracy. However, I did. I, I, I have like from, I've got memories from this season of DJ missing the missing fairways. Um, he hasn't had much form at all, has he, DJ? Oh, man. Where do I go from here? Fewest birdies, fewest birdies, fewest birdies. Fewest birdies. I'm going to go DJ. I'm going to Dustin Johnson. Got it. Yes. Unbelievable. I mean, you reason that one out pretty well. If the guy's wedge game is dog shit and, and we know DJ can't putt, yeah, where's he go figure, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and Rory's Rory, Rory been, clinic, been too clinical the last two years to, to have that Rory, conversation. Yeah, Rory was 12th. Uh, everybody else way behind. Rory, 12th at 4.33. Dustin Johnson tied 184 at 3.44. Uh, Matthew Wolf tied 170 at 3.5. Ricky Fowler tied 54 at 3.95. There you go. Okay. All nice. right, I'm one down, two to go. Okay. Um, ooh, Gotta which, have which this question? One. I'm going to save my toughest question for the last one. Just a bit of a... I, uh, I'm doing mine too. <laughs> um, so my question to you is, how many children does Phil Mickelson have? Um, is it three? Is it two? Is it four? Or is it five? How many kids does Phil Mickelson have? It's not five. Now, the reason why I ask is because, like, a bit of a random question, but, like, it almost seems like his kids are referenced every time Phil's about to win something or Phil seems to mention quite a lot in... In his in the press, I remember once he missed a tournament, right to go to go and watch um to go and watch one of his uh, one of his kids graduate. Um, 
so I feel like there's some heavy press around Phil's family. He's like, you know, he's the market is the family man, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. So is it two, three, uh, four, or five? Not two. It's not five. Real question is, am I forgetting one? What's your current logic? Sure. What's your current logic? Like, did you know? For I'm sure? pretty sure the answer is three. I'm reasonably sure. I know that he's got uh, he's got a boy named Evan. He's got a girl named Sophie. He's got a girl named Amanda. Oh, you know um, the name. You th- know the names of Phil's case. I think so. I'm not. <laughs> I could be wrong about the Sophie, but I'm pretty sure about the Amanda and Evan. Uh, I just don't think there's a fourth one. I'm not thinking of. I'm gonna go with three. Three is correct. You're still in it. All right. You're still in it. All right, okay. Big had to have that. All right, Next. I need a miss from you here. Uh, that was too easy, I think. Um, I made you get both. That one might be hard. Uh, I've I've left a cork of a last last question for you as well. By the way, I'm really proud of myself for this. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go with this one. Which player has finished second to Tiger Woods most times in PGA Tour history? Oh, straight off the bat, nice question, mate. That's that's a that's a good question. So instantly got to go for someone of a similar age category, similar. But because he had some layoffs with injuries, not many of the younger like the younger guys have, have still had less exposure to them than maybe some of the older guys. So I've got to think that the players like thirty five year old plus. Um, when I think of Tiger's domination, the instant names I cut in my head are Ernie Els, VJ Singh, and Phil Mickelson. Um, Ernie's been ah oh, man, I, I I remember watching some some old PGA Tour. Um, Tormund recently, I think we might have discussed it last week. And um, Ernie, Ernie's was a big was a big part of a lot of uh, a lot of Tiger's wins, and he always just seemed to get beaten by the the better man without doing much wrong. Um, like the Mercedes Benz Championship in two thousand in Hawaii, being being one of them, they both make like eighteen foot putts. He just he can't do anything. He's, he's literally doing all he can. He just can't win. Vijay Singh won a lot. He won a lot. He's won a lot. So has he finished second to him? I don't know. And then Phil Tiger. I can't remember many Phil Tiger duels. Like there wasn't that many during their respective careers where, you know, where, where it was Phil and Tiger down the stretch. Phil comes second. So I'm wiping out Phil. I'm going Ernie or VJ in terms of level of success. And I guess just purely because you referenced Ernie coming second a lot last last time. Um, I remember you making the point that he, didn't, he hasn't done much wrong um, and he just sort of got beaten by the better man. I kind of think you've come away for that. You've drawn on that as inspiration for the question. I'm going to Ernie Els. Ah, got it. Is it actually? Ernie Els has finished second to Tiger Woods five times in history, which is the most. The second most is Phil Nelson times. But here's the thing I like the most about this trivia question is Ernie Els is here his five times that he finished second to Tiger oh, Woods. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. 1999 Disney. And then this is amazing. 2000 Kapalua. 2000 Memorial, 2000 US Open, 2000 Open Championship. So he finished <laughs> second to Tiger Woods five times, but he did it four times in one season. And Disney's like at the way end of the year, if I remember correctly. So in like one calendar year, I think he finished second to Tiger Woods all five of those times in oh, one my year word. chunk, which is amazing. That question actually came from if we were going to do 10 questions, the one before it was Phil Mickelson defeated Tiger Woods in the first the match, but Tiger's gotten the better of Phil more times than not. Tiger's won 81 times, and how many of those victories has Phil finished second to Tiger? Ah, nice. Uh, and the answer to that one's for the NEC Invitational in 99, Bay Hill won 2002 in the U.S. Open, but you five at Doral. You mentioned Tiger Woods won, eight, he's won 82 times, hasn't he? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. I was looking at a article that... Uh, was written before the Masters, and the premise of the article was: here's who would have won every one of Tiger Woods's tournaments if he wasn't. If in. he had, that's a cool article. It was a whole list of everybody who's ever finished second to Tiger Woods, but I forgot that it was. Uh, they wrote it prior to the. That's pretty funny. I imagine. I, I imagine Vijay Singh, David Duval have featured in there one and two, surely. Um, Vijay Singh, one two. 
three, four. VJ Singh was four times. Well, fair place. So, yeah, I, I had the right idea. I, th- I think, like, yeah, I, I think it's just I'm, I'm a, I, everyone knows I'm a bit of a Tiger Woods perv. And, yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that, that's the reason why I could get to that answer. So, where, where, where are we standing? All right, you're one up. You're one up coming to the last hole. I'm one up. So, this is, I mean, this I got to get mine and I need you to miss an extra playoff hole. An extra playoff hole. Now, this question I've asked you before, Mr. Oh, Sam Keston. Um, and that simple question is, name the golf course where the 2022 Ryder Cup will be held. Oh, shit. <laughs> this fucking course in Italy again. That I'm... God damn it. Uh, last time I guessed, like, Real Golf Club de Roma yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I think you literally it's said two those words. exact words. I remember it. It's two words. Uh, I know that. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh... Uh, I don't think I, I keep wanting to put the word chateau in, but I don't think it's I don't think that's right. It's in Italy. I'll give you that. It's in Italy, so it's it's not French, but yeah, it's it's Italy. Yeah, but I feel like they got chateaus in Italy, don't they? I guess they wouldn't put it in the name, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I, I don't know. Um, uh, but you have had this question, Sam. I mean, it's just unreal. I can't get I get the same question. I can't get it right. Memory is such a funny thing. Like it is. I, 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 I'm aware of that. aware of that. It's two words. Uh, I'm aware of what it's not. Uh, I I can think of a lot of things about it, but I can't think of the name. Ah, uh, I gotta I gotta come up with something here. Mm. If, if 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 you continue down like the Italian. Italian cliched name route, you might get somewhere with it. Was it Sopranos Golf Club? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pasta Pizza Country Club, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, Fuck. I don't know it. What is it? (laughs) It's that Marco Simone Golf Club. I never would have gotten that. Oh, he uh, takes we, could it home. Been, we could have been here forever. Yes, takes it home. And you know, you know, I got the inspiration ah. for that. I've got a, uh, I, I do a quiz with my friends, like, I don't know, like once, once in a while. And I always bring up the same question, which is, what is the capital of the Bahamas? Um, do you know it? Nassau? It? Yeah, it's, it's Nassau, Nassau, however you pronounce it. Um, and I ask it every single time, and then and they get it wrong every single time, but I leave it long Two. enough. Well, they forget it's about too, like, like that, that fucking question again. Like they, they can never remember it, and I just sort of I drew from that. I was like, wait, there, can I be really sneaky and ask him the same uh, question? The worst had... part, the worst <laughs> part about this is that I didn't even get to use the question that I was like saving in my back pocket as my best question. What was it? What was it? Let's see. Uh, and for the purposes of this question, the Super Bowl year is for the season, uh, like the year that the season started. So like. Even though the Super Bowl is in February, you know, like it, it, it's the season of the previous year. So, like, the winner of the 2020 Super Bowl is the 2019 NFL champion for the purposes of this question. Okay. Okay. There was only one season in which, uh, of, the, of the four contestants in the match coming up this weekend Tiger, Phil, Brady, Manning there was only one season in which one of the two amateurs won the Super Bowl. And both of the pros won a major. What season was that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Can you, can you ask that again? Slowly. I, okay. I, I, I became really, really confused when you asked that. Brady, Manning, Tiger, Phil. Yeah. There was only one season in which either Brady or Manning won the Super Bowl and mm. both Woods and Mickelson won a major. What season was that? Okay, so my NFL knowledge and is, since, is pretty basic. And, and since, uh, and since the, the contest is over already, I'll give you this hint. The, the Super Bowl part of it's irrelevant because there's only one year in which both Tiger and Phil won it. Okay, 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 okay. What they won? So even if you don't know the Super Bowl part, it doesn't matter. What, 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 what did... Where the... So Phil, so it's, it's like 04, 06... Uh, did Tiger win? Tiger win the Brit. Tiger win the ah. 
Tiger won the, the Open Championship 2006. I remember, I remember, right, so the Masters 2005 is what really catapulted me, like, being completely addicted to watching golf. And then I remember the mm-hmm. 2000, 2006 Open is where he hauled that four iron from, like, 230 yards. And it's, where mm-hmm. he, it's, it's when he broke down. On the, broke down. I, I, th- I, think, yeah. I, th- I think Phil won the PJ that year. I'm going to go 06. You're right, but wrong. <laughs> You're right about oh. that it is 06. Uh, but Phil won the Masters in 06. Oh, uh, of course. Tiger put the jacket on him. Ugh. Yeah, Tiger won the PGA and the Open Championship that year. Where was the, where was the PGA at? Tory? Uh, 06, no. Uh, no, I want to say PGA Championship. Uh, Medina. Medina, okay. I, 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 don't, I, I can't really remember that one. That doesn't come to my head. I think that's the one where he played with Luke Donald on Sunday, and Luke Donald shot 80. <laughs> Poor Luke. Mr. Number one player in the world, Luke <laughs> Yeah, i.e. Not, not, not Sam Kesson's uh, number one fan. Uh, he, he got, I hope he didn't listen to last week, because he got absolutely slated by you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, to be fair, he didn't shoot 80. He shot 70. Still. Yeah. Uh, Still bottled it, right? This is an unbelievably forgettable PGA. The guy who finished second was Sean McKeel. And Tiger won by five. Oh God, that's that's a runaway. That's just like see, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's everyone's t- giving that's up. That's a yeah. tough telecast. Yeah. yeah. Between Sean McKeel as the runner-up and it being a five-shot, you know, walk for Tiger. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think uh, we can forgive ourselves for forgetting that one. I, I wonder how many times the the, the broadcasters debated whether Tiger would reach Jack's major record during that round. Right? They were just. I bet they're like, oh, another one for Tiger. Does he get to eighteen? I, that, that must I mean, like that the got him debate. to twelve. At yeah, that so you, time, at that point, was, you've got to you know, think he's about 30. Around, yeah. Right. Like, wow. he, I think he was only, you know, 2006, he would have been 31. And so, like, actually, not even. He would have been 30 because he, I think he's in 1975, right? He's 75. Uh, so he would have turned 30. He would have turned 31 at the end of that year. So he would have been 30 years old with 12. You know, to think that he, he you know, <laughs> to think at that time that he would only get three more. Uh, in the next 15 years would have been unimaginable. Yeah, man. But, like, yeah, it, it would have been unimaginable. Like, you're, you're com- completely right. Um, but I guess he, he, lost his, he lost his dad in... Did he lose his dad oh, in 06? as well. Yeah, and he blames, he blames the reason why he lost the Masters that year is, like, trying to do it for him. And then that's when he reset and just, like, never do anything for anyone but yourself. And then he won the 2006 Open, right? And that's... The, yeah. Um, well, I was also... He missed the cut at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot that year, and it was the first time he'd ever missed a cut in a major. And it was only like two weeks after his dad had passed, and it was one of those where he just looked like a ghost out there, like just obviously his head wasn't in it. It didn't care, you yeah. Know, like you could just tell. Yeah, and then wow, and then obviously the, the 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 you were there. Wow, that's sick. Yeah. I remember the the '09 the '09 breakdown happened, right? He, he has he has like the the big public outing, the apology, the the crash into the uh, into the fire hydrant, the the big breakup with Ellen, and whatnot. Um, and then what then? Did he resurface two thousand and eleven? A bit injured, have come off the back of a couple of injuries. I think he made like try to make an appearance two thousand ten. Did we do much two thousand ten season? And then twelve thirteen, he had two really big successful years where you think where you think he's going to push on, and then boom, fourteen <laughs> breaks down agony. To his credit, uh, he was pretty competitive in the Masters in 10 and in the U.S. Open in 10. Uh, remember, like, the, at that U.S. Open in 10 was at Pebble. And he ah, had that. yes. That was the, that that was was the, the DJ year. But DJ bottled it. Yes. McDowell won, yeah. Yeah, that was the DJ year. And, I mean, that is an amazing – that Sunday telecast is, like, the – that to me is like the major that was like the biggest missed opportunity for a great major out of all the majors in my lifetime, because there was a, a moment there where it was Tiger, Phil and Ernie were like second, third and fourth on the leaderboard after DJ fell apart. And like Ernie was tied for the lead. Uh, like Mickelson was two back. Tiger was two back. It, it had all the makings of, like, this could be that one major that we're going to look back on forever. And it ends up being McDowell by one over Gregory Havre, who, you know, <laughs> has anyone have, have 
recently? Because I sure have. Havnay, Gregory Havnay. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was one of those, right? But, like, I think the, the thing I've just got from that conversation is, like, perspective. Like, you know, if you'd asked me 2006, like, this is just me remembering myself in 2006, so it could be completely skewed. But, like, I thought Tiger was, like, a, well, not an old, not old, but, like, I thought he was well into his career, which he, which he was, but I didn't realize he was only, like, 30, 30, 31. Like I didn't realize it's that you how dominant his twenties were. Yeah, just show how dominant, and then and then it shows how quickly like years just go as well. Like he lost, you know, like he he has the he has the 2009. He misses the, you know, he loses to Wei Yang. He has the big big scandal or whatever. It comes back 2010. You have it like I think in, I think 2011 must have been quite an injury injury burden season. 12, 13, he comes back and he's a bit he's a bit old. You can see he looks a bit older now. And then it, he goes away from the game pretty much 14. 14, uh, 15, 16, right? With like with, with different bits of injuries and and um, and stuff. And then obviously 17 was the DUI charges. All of a sudden we're, all, we're back in 2018. It's like wow, Tiger's like 42 now, and it's like he, he almost lost. He like lost like a good a good six prime years somewhere in his 30s, didn't he? You could argue that numbers look closer to 10. You know, even yeah. though he did have that great season in 2013 and 12, he's good in 12. Yeah, even though he had that little run at that time, you know, if you look at at the last 10 years and you start from the fire hydrant and go 10 years forward, I mean, it's just not even the same guy. You know, he's he's hurt. He's, you know, family life falling apart. You know, everything about the previous 10 years changed in the following 10 years. And golf's a, a crazy game that way. You know, ask David Duvall in 2001 what his game was going to look like in 2011 and i bet you not breaking 80 on the regular wouldn't have been his answer <laughs> you know yeah man that, that, that's why i that's why i just don't get um that's why i just don't get excited when people start talking about get get too carried away about brooks kepka being like being this like massive, massive major win i'm like hang on if you know golf and your golf history you know sustaining your game at the at the highest level for a prolonged period of time, it's by far the hardest achievement in golf is to is to have is to be good for a long amount of time. Yes, Brooks has sort of eased his way in nicely. You know, he went he went out on the Challenge Tour, the European Tour. He sort of put the hard yards in, and maybe he's more accustomed now to prolonging to prolonging himself at the top for a long period of time. But like, I'm like, nah, nah. Everyone thought Rory was gonna was gonna get to ten majors really quickly. He hasn't won one since 2014. Golf's not hard, not an, not an easy game. There's tons of people trying to knock you off the top of the spot, and only one guy gets to win out of a field of 150 in these majors. So like, I'm just like, nah. Yeah, he had a good run. He looks scary good in majors, but don't get carried away. I, I totally agree with that as far as Kepka goes. And I also think that there's something about Kepka uh, that is wrapped up in the image of like how he's perceived by the public. And so mm. I suspect that when it starts to go from him, it will be harder for him emotionally because of how much his like image of himself matters to him. You know, that I think people who are a little bit more uh, extrinsically driven when, like... You just talk about Kepka, I think. Kepka's yeah, I think, I think Kepka is going to struggle with uh, adversity more than I suspect somebody who is a little less image-oriented might. I think Kepka's enjoying kind of the way he's projected as this gunslinger, etc. You know, that big game hunter goes out, wins majors, dominates, you know, etc., and I think that when, when the demons find him, and in golf they find everybody eventually, that it will be harder for him to get rid of those because of that uh, external focus rather than that internal one. I agree, man. And then, again, like what affects every single golfer that none of us public sort of like to consider is the fact that these guys are normal people who have wives and, and girlfriends and families and have kids, and everything changes when you have kids. You just don't have the time or, you know, or you, 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 you begin to get older, the kids take the energy out, you've got different focuses. So all of a sudden you're not 100% focused on, on, on winning. You, you're more, you'd rather see your kid than, than go play golf. So I think I think the next few years are going to be very telling for Kepka. I, I think he's a class act. I honestly do. I think he's an amazing player. He's going to win more. But um, people need to people watch out when, uh, when they start putting him in the same sentence as they so eagerly did. Uh, it's, it's Tiger Woods. Um, but look, that's uh, that's an hour up. I've, I've got to get off. Um, 
Sam, it was a pleasure beating you in, in the uh, Congratulations, in the job well done. Um, you, you asked some really good questions, to be fair. I really appreciate how you, were, how, how you gave me opportunities to work them out, even when I didn't know the answers. So that was that was. Yeah, I'm regretting, I'm regretting that now. Sam, <laughs> <laughs> good quiz, quiz master, Sam. Look, uh, really looking forward to next week. We'll be talking about the, 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 the Tiger, Phil, uh, Peyton Manning and, and, and Tom Brady game uh, as we move ever closer to, uh, to the first week back on tour and some, uh, some more fantasy picks. Sounds great. All right, Sam, take these, man. You too. Bye-bye.